When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like a raven. We are back. Summer's coming to an end. Football season is around the corner, and Pod Like a Raven is here to get into it. New intro, new season. We're excited. I'm Antonio Barbera. Joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. Starting first, and taking over our last episode's uh, hosting duties just fantastically well, and that's Tim Horsey. Tim, uh... How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Fantastically is a dramatic uh, compliment, I should say. There's no way it was fantastic in any way, shape, or form. But So I'm glad to have you back. I can just sit back and comment on all the things while you steer the ship. And you know what? Summer's overrated. I'll say it because football's here. Oh. And I am ready to, I'm ready to talk about actual tangible Ravens football. We are so, so close. So I'm very excited. I did like, uh, Tim, with you leading off the last episode that you immediately got into Italy winning the Euros. Don't think that we weren't going to talk about it with Had me to. coming back for 10 seconds. But, uh, you know, I tried to tell you guys before the tournament started how it was going to look, and I was very excited. It was awesome. Going to Italy, uh, that was where I was on vacation. Immediately after they won was fantastic. Did and, you make uh, it? Did you make it? In theory, did you make any um, monetary gains on Italy winning Euro 2020? Boy, in theory, I didn't, Tim. And that was really... Ooh. These Ooh. are the mistakes that haunt that haunt people. You know, when you have that confidence and you say things publicly and then don't make any sort of uh, potential investment. I don't remember what... I want to say they were like 14 to 1, kind of in that range. And so uh, it's frustrating, Tim. It's frustrating, but we move on and we accept the trophy with grace. Uh, and then like Italy in the in the Olympics did pretty well. We got the fastest man alive. What? Never heard of that before coming out of Italy. The the guy born in Texas. But uh, yeah, so a fun summer. And uh, I, I liked you teasing that at the beginning of the of the episode. Seemingly three weeks ago now. I'm not sure how long ago that was. But the uh, the other co-host can't forget about the West Coast. 
Jace Evans. Jace, how's it going, man? Oh, I am excited, Antonio. Uh, the NFL season starts uh, one month from today of us recording, and uh, it's real. It's happening, as Tim said. Fall is the best season uh, in America uh, because football is back, and that's the most important thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm excited. There is no shortage of uh, Ravens news uh, since we last spoke, and we went from uh, having, frankly, not that much to talk about to having perhaps too much stuff to, to sift through. But, uh, you know, it's exciting. So, yeah, just to mention this quickly, we obviously took a few weeks off here and there over the summer. But starting right now, dear listener, we will be coming to you every week through the entirety of the NFL season. Because there's games. Starting this week, there will be Ravens, three Raven preseason games couple of weeks off there in the middle where we'll have to do uh, certainly some of our season-long uh, previews and, and predictions and, and maybe, a, maybe a bet here, here and there. Um, but starting this week, we have some, some summer news to talk about still as we, uh, as we approach the first few minutes of quote-unquote real Raven football and the first bit of news that we have to talk about. And it's an exciting addition. <laughs> finally, finally, the Ravens add... Pass rushing help to this very thin lineup, and it's Justin Houston for one year and up to $4 million, depending on some incentives. I'm jacked up about this addition. I, I turn to you guys. Uh, how excited are you about Justin Houston just be immediately getting into the starting lineup uh, on this Ravens defense? Uh, way too excited for a guy that is going to be 32 this season. I will say that. Um, I think when the news broke, Antonio had the, the immediate response, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with him, but he is always the optimist, as we know. There are no holes on this team. Justin Houston filled the final hole, and you know what? Family show, it was a pretty big one that he did fill, thank the Lord. Um, they needed a veteran pass rusher. They needed somebody who was proven. And admittedly, I think it's funny, a guy who, doing more research as we're coming up to the show recording today, I was looking, and I am stunned, based on his numbers, that there was not a better offer for Justin Houston. You know, as somebody, obviously, who follows the NFL but doesn't dive deep into the Colts and or Chiefs, albeit, you know, from a rival's perspective, I was like, well, maybe he's had some injured seasons recently. I know he's getting a little bit older. Maybe the sack numbers are down. He is one of five players with eight-plus sacks in each of his past four seasons, with company as Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Yannick Ngakwe, which I didn't see eight last year. Did he get, did he get all of those with Minnesota before coming over? Because that, <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar to me. But you look at these numbers, the two seasons in Indianapolis, he had 11 sacks in 2019. He had eight sacks last year. And just go back from 18, 17, 16, nine sacks in 2018, nine and a half in 2017, these are as he's an older player, and this guy, like you said, Antonio, an immediate starter, a guy who fills a gap. Um, Marcus Peters, and here's the just here's the little stuff that you love to hear, and it doesn't really mean that much, but as a Ravens fan, you're going to smile. Heavily recruited by former Kansas City Chiefs teammate Marcus Peters, who said you fit perfectly in the system because guess what? Our defense coordinator just wants to kill the quarterback. You're going to love it. And two, he took less money than he would have gotten with the Pittsburgh Steelers to come to the Baltimore Ravens. When have you heard that one? I never hear that one. It's always Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't want to go play in that. I took less money to come back to Pittsburgh, which I love. I love Justin Houston. The first time he talks to the Ravens media, he's like, 
savvy vet move. He knows what he's doing. But then he's like, I took less money to come here because I know I'm more capable of winning the championship <laughs> with Lamar Jackson rather than old Big Ben back at, with, Pitts, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So all good things. Um, and on the field, I think it's going to be, you know, I'm not trying to hype myself up too much about, it. again, a 32-year-old pass rusher, but I think it's going to be a perfect fit, hand in glove for this Ravens defense. Yeah, he's not, you know, prime Reggie White or anything, but I, he's such a necessary... I mean, we talked about this, I believe, on the show, outside of the show. Pass rush, to me, even, you know, with the addition of uh, Adafa away, uh, was a concern. Uh, it was very young. It was very inexperienced. You're relying on Owe. You're relying on, hopefully, Tyus Bowser taking a leap. Maybe some Jalen Ferguson. Uh you know, Calais Campbell, who's like 35, you, it it was, it was a very, and Pernell McPhee, it was a very, you know, older group, and not that, you know, Houston is much younger than McPhee or, uh, uh, Campbell, but, uh, to me, Tim, you mentioned his, his 19 sacks with Colts, that's encouraging to me, because that's his, his two seasons after turning 30, you know, um, and he's 32 this year. And I think, you know, 19 sacks on the other side of 30 in two years, I think he's going to bring real value. It was just such a glaring need to get any kind of pass rush in the door. And, like, I don't think he'll have the impact. Like, uh, you know, we brought in an Elvis Dumerville years ago, former random Raven, I believe. Uh, Legend. uh, You know, yeah, he had, I believe, like 19 sacks one year. I don't expect that kind of production from Justin Houston, but... You know, uh, I mean, Matthew Judon led this team with, what, six sacks last year? They just need guys who can sack the quarterback. Uh, and they let Judon go, so, like, that's minus six sacks there. So, um, it was just such a need, I think, to fill the hole. Even if you're really high on OA, which I am, and we'll get to him, I think, later in the show of uh, a little future spoiler. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I it's just such a, it was such a necessary move, and the fact that he wanted to play in Baltimore took less. It's great. It's a, I think a perfect marriage all the way around. It's kind of like you know we've always long set the 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 right player, right price, and I think in I, this uh, signing Justin Houston checks all those boxes. And I think too, real quickly, Antonio, I'm sorry. I, I, it just the OA point I think is such a good one because first round pick, you think he needs to make an impact on this team this year. You're, you're a first round pick. You're expected to do that, but. It takes a load of pressure off of him who, you know, you you can spin it in any way you want. People would be like, well, it's Wink Martindale's system. They're not going to rely on just one guy to get the sacks. But media, fans, and I'm assuming the coaches at some point, if it was just Owe and who, Pernell McPhee and Tyus Bowser, I guess some of the load on Tyus Bowser, even though he's more of a run-stuffing guy anyway, I think. An important player, but just not the pure pass rusher that we thought. I think for a guy like Owe coming in, it, he, he can learn from a guy like Justin Houston, who is a one of the better guys in the recent history. I mean, go back to 2014 when he had 22 sacks in a season. Uh, the guy can get after the quarterback. He learns from him, but he takes the pressure off of Owe as well, which I think is huge in year one. I love that, Tim. Move every pass rusher on the roster's responsibilities down one peg, basically, by now having Justin Houston in there. Jace, I love you bringing up Judon. Uh, I'm more excited to have Houston at four million than I am at 32 years old than I am to have Judon at 29 years old, and that's not even considering the contract that he got from the Patriots. I think he's making like 13 million dollars in the first season. 
Judon has nine and a half sacks are his career high numbers, and Justin Houston in his last two years, where he's supposedly over the hill, has gotten eleven and eight. Uh, I love this move. <laughs> I just, I to my knowledge, Justin Houston is not like a personal foul guy, so th- that'll be nice too. Uh, not just giving fifteen yards <laughs> once a month to the opposing offenses. Um, and yeah, and he's going to slide right in. Other news. Um, oh, 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 anything oh, else oh, on oh, Houston? Yeah, 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 yeah. a couple more things. I need to look at the Ravens roster as it stands right now. Um, and admittedly, I have not done this yet, but off the top of my head, I'm assuming some schmuck has number 50 that's going to end up getting cut. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want me to prove that wrong, but Justin Houston, all the pictures come out. The Ravens social media team is fantastic. Uh, Cassie Calvert over there hosts, um, you know, their, their shows online. And I think she does a lot of like the Twitter and Instagram stuff as well. She's great at what she does. And they're, they're doing hype pieces for Justin Houston. He, he's arriving at camp. They're doing the slow-mo, walk down the hill. Marlon Humphrey's g him up behind. And I can't help but be annoyed that he's wearing number 48. Not only, if you're a longtime listener to this show, is it a 40 linebacker. We already have two that are wearing single digits this year, which is just anno- annoying as all hell to me. The other one, based on this recent depth chart that just got released, Patrick Queen, number six, is going to be starting next to Malik Harrison, number 40. Pernell McPhee fighting the good fight with a number 90 at the starting uh, starting outside linebacker. Tyus Bowser, 54. Great number, Tyus. Good job. Justin Houston is now wearing 48. Patrick Queen's old number. I, I would rather Patty Queen keep the 48. I really would have because as was voted on by the loyal listeners six is the worst number in a ravens uniform as we found out over the summer when there was literally nothing to talk about but patrick queen took it anyway fine that whatever we're gonna have to accept that cut the guy who has 50 i don't know who he is well tim let me jump in here it's oh. otaro alaka there is a guy with 50 and it's a fringe roster player so uh Maybe I, I, adding Justin Houston is, is bad news for you know Alaka, what? Here, for more than it, one reason. I'll put it this way. Never call for another man's job. I shouldn't have said that. I, Alaka plays a lot of special teams from what I can remember. I don't know too much about him. Maybe just Justin Houston go, like, and maybe he's being the veteran where he's like, you know, I'm going to just come into the team and not try and disturb anything. I admire that. Give the damn guy number 50, please. Like, I just, I can't have another number 48 and not... Not only the whole, I don't like 40s linebackers. I was talking with a, a friend who listens to this show all the time, and he said, my brain can't handle a, just a new 48 after having Patrick Queen for 16 <laughs> games there. It's going to look weird. It's going to look different. They have similar-ish body types. Queen a bit smaller from what I can remember, but it's going to take six games to be like, oh, what a play by Patrick Houston. And that, <laughs> I think, I don't know. We'll, we'll see by the end of camp. Hopefully... Something gets sorted out, but just get this man a 50 or a 90 number and get rid of this madness of all these linebackers in the 40s. I can't stand it. Where 50, is anyone wearing 58 now that LJ Fort isn't? No, I don't <laughs> Where think the so. 58? There's no 58 as it's per, one of the per best my Ravens uh, quick numbers. search research. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not good, Tim. I, I agree with you there. Uh, there's still time. It's got a couple of, week, couple of weeks to figure this out. Or just like pay. <laughs> For the number, you know, pay a locker. That does 50, happen a lot. Do yep. the, that's a veteran, the veteran move there. Uh, for throw some cash to the young, uh, the young guy who I don't think has a, a big contract. Um, but yeah, it certainly looked odd. They showed those drills, and it just doesn't look. First, it doesn't look like him uh, with that number, and then it just is not a good pass rush number. 
Uh, Jace, anything else on, on Houston before we move along? No, I, yeah, just excited to have him. It was a great pickup, really uh, pleasing to see. I'll, I'll ask a last question to you two guys then. Predictions, sort of soft predictions on sack totals for Houston this year. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to back up. What sack number to you means that he sort of filled the role that he was brought here to do? What number are you looking for him in terms of a positive season? Because, you know, just a generic over-under, like, I hope he gets 20. But, like, what for you is Justin Houston did his job on the one-year sort of veteran deal? If he hits eight again, I think it's, it's probably low. But, again, like we said, last four years, his 28 through 31 years. Um, in terms of his age at that season, I should explain that better. Uh, nine and a half, nine, eleven, eight. If he hits eight again, I'm satisfied. If he gets double digits, I'm ecstatic. So you know, it, it's a, it's a quick line to get me really, really excited about Justin Houston. But I think that eight number where he is, he's getting to the quarterback. He's doing he's doing a lot of the Matt Judon where it's like, oh, he was almost there. Shoot, pressure numbers, but actually then getting to the quarterback more often than that bum. I think that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to say as well, Tim. Uh, it's, that seems like the number kind of basically like just if he's able to roughly um, just replace Matthew Judon's sack numbers. Great. And similar to Tim, double digits, super. That would be great. Great for us, great for him because he'll probably get one uh, one last solid contract from some team, I'd guess, if he hits double digit sacks. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a great deal for uh, both sides. Yeah, not the Ravens, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not in Baltimore, that's for sure. <laughs> Tim mentioned the Ravens social media team, uh, just like teasing us with little clips of Ravens players during these practices. Some Ravens players that we have not seen teased in these clips because they have not been on the field. And we got to start with the big one. Lamar Jackson oh. <laughs> missed 10 days uh, with COVID protocols. Uh, Bateman has been out with some uh, muscle tightness. I, I think it was it a hamstring or something in his leg. Uh, Hollywood has been out for a while. Jace, I know we had some other... The, the, I mean, we don't want to laugh about injuries, but the Jimmy Smith one was just sort of too perfect but that seems to be not nearly as bad as they thought it might have been at first kevin zeitler has been out so uh guys people get banged up at this stage of the nfl season all the time uh little injuries come up and then they're good to go by week one of the regular season with all this stuff maybe pick a player pick a situation how concerned uh, are you about the ravens getting serious practice time in with uh, with all these guys well Let's, I think, focus on the offensive side of the ball. I think first we'll start with what I'm actually more immediately concerned with, which is the health of our wide receivers. I feel like it is a cursed position for the Baltimore Ravens. You watch Rashad Bateman, uh, just a beautiful uh, burn and catch on Marlon Humphrey at that game they had, uh, practice they had at M&T Bank uh, Stadium. Everyone's excited, and then he's injured. Uh, and it doesn't seem too serious. He returned to practice uh, Monday as we record. But for a rookie, you want as much practice time as possible. And then even more concerning to me in the immediate is just Hollywood Brown. Just, I don't know. This guy, like, you don't want to peg a guy as just injury prone. <laughs> but he practices for like two days, and immediately it's just like hurt again uh and he's doing conditioning again but he's not practicing with the team and this was just going to be such a critical 
year for him. It's just frustrating. You know, you want the leap, but this is where we have to circle back because they've been getting all this practice time without Lamar Jackson, who obviously tested positive for COVID-19 again. And I will say, I guess, in the immediate, I am not actually super concerned about how Lamar testing positive for COVID impacts the season. I think we've seen, you know, from other... Like, just over the course of our lives, even, just training camp has become less and less and less intensive. Uh, you know, Tom Brady hasn't even played a preseason game, probably, in 15 years. <laughs> um, uh, so, I'm not as worried about that. And I also think the longer the season gets, remember, we're at 17 games now. The regular season, I think, is where teams kind of figure things out more. So, I'm not, like heartbroken that like we still have a month ago Lamar's going to get his practice time in he's entering his fourth year uh I'm not actually worried about the immediate impact what's frustrating is that you have a team that uh John Harbaugh came out and had said was 90% vaccinated and I was like oh great and then the next day your quarterback tests positive and you're like so it's almost all the teams vaccinated except the most important player it's just very frustrating and you see Lamar's quotes from today, and it's clear he's never going to get this vaccine, despite being one of, like, three athletes on the planet who have gotten, like, legitimately, like, pretty sick from COVID on two separate occasions within the past calendar year. Uh, that still has not immediately swayed him, uh, or persuaded him to get it. And so, I'm sure this will be a problem down, <laughs> down the line for the Ravens. And that's, that's more what's concerning to me, because... You know, in theory, he should be fine for a while, but the NFL season is long. They play games into mid-February now, and can this guy test positive for COVID three times in a year and a half? If he's getting tested every day, I think, uh, as non-vaccinated players have to, uh, I think the chances are a lot likelier based on what I think we know and have seen <laughs> with this virus. And, you know, you can get it without even having symptoms, and Lamar has, so... The whole thing's just a disaster and very frustrating. Yeah, it's, you know, when you do the sort of the season-long preview, the, like, bingo card item of will your starting quarterback get COVID for the third time during the regular season, <laughs> that's not something you generally would think is going to impact games, but it may actually impact games. It's frustrating. I agree. In that press conference, he had a couple of outs where he was sort of admitting he would relook at like what the doctors have to say and he'd ask his teammates about it again and see what they say but well but yeah. even that it's like i'll ask the doctors it's like yeah they're gonna tell you to get the vaccine as they have to every player on the team the entire coaching staff i don't know i mean not you know it's his life he can do what he wants but it's it is just like it's just frustrating as a fan where you're just like, how does this guy get COVID twice? And then it's like, I have questions about <laughs> the COVID-19 vaccine. And yeah, like, as I said, I don't really, uh, I don't actually have worries about how it'll impact the immediacy of the season. I'm not worried about the mispractice time really at all. But long term, yeah, I just, the, the idea that he can test positive for it in January of 2022, uh, when they will notably play the playoffs and, or, you know, for unvaccinated players, the NFL has basically made it so it's very hard for unvaccinated players to play this year. They missed five games uh, for close contact versus if you are vaccinated and are close contact, if you test negative, you don't have to miss any time. Um, 
uh, as we just saw, he had to sit out 10 days. He was probably cleared. Like, he was probably good to come back sooner and just couldn't because of the uh, quarantine time required for non-vaccinated players. So it's just very frustrating at the specter that this just looms over, like, literally any other player, too. You're like, well, that stinks, but, you know, it's his choice. But it's the most important guy on the field. Uh, the most important guy in the franchise. See, he is the franchise. He... The Ravens win or lose based on what Lamar Jackson does. And the idea that he could just be, you know, taken off the field for a positive COVID test in like six months from, or like four months from now is. Yeah. It's a pale on things. It's frustrating. I mean, Jace, you've kind of hit all of the points and you've hit them very succinctly. Um, I think the one that to reinforce is that the NFL has basically said this season is happening. We are powering through it is not going to be like last year we're not rescheduling games like if you miss tough and you know what if you're not vaccinated it's going to be very like you said it is going to make your life relatively miserable and whether or not you have problems with that fine and i know marlon humphrey like tweeted out like so we basically all have to get the vaccine right and i, I think he is i think he has i don't know he hasn't said who knows uh, uh, he tweeted once. He said he got the yeah. He got I the jab. About okay. Second shot. Yeah. I mean, he, he's the <laughs> new he's the new Ed Reed on Twitter. You have to follow him. I was gonna say, like most things, Marlon tweeted about it, so that's why. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and look, if you have a problem with the way the NFL is handling this, fine. That's your opinion. But the fact of the matter is, this is how it's happening. So tough. And I, I. I find it incredibly disheartening that a guy who knows that uh, the Ravens have basically shaped their entire team around him, they have built an offense around him, they have been wildly successful, he has so much goodwill with this team and this, and, you know, the amount of people, like the amount of Ravens fans that will blindly defend him for anything and, you know, anytime the haters come at him or whatever it is. And a lot of it's unjustified because the internet's a horrible trash place, but they will defend him to the hilt. And, you know, vehemently, I worry what happens when Jace, he inevitably misses that game and they go a game and they go one game back in the wild card race or one game back in the division, or God forbid it's Trace McSorley against the Browns. But the whole time, not just like a drive or two, because Lamar definitely had to poop. I look. I'm not going to sit here. I I think everybody should get the vaccine. I think the science proves it. I think we all are in agreement here. And I'm not saying anything that's groundbreaking. But if if that's what he wants to do, fine. But I think as a guy and guy in that position, and I think Jace, we talked about this a couple weeks ago as well, uh, when Antonio was off celebrating Euro 2020. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> when you're in that position and you not only are the leader of this team, a star in the National Football League, a guy who, and this sounds sappy, but th there's a reason that we're doing a podcast for free for going on three years now. People who deeply, deeply, deeply care about this team and all they, my week is based off the Ravens win or not. And that's unhealthy on my part. A hundred percent. I accept that. I know that. But, and maybe it's just that he's 24. I don't know. I can't get into the guy's mind. But I feel like at some point you have to sit there and realize the position that you're in and maybe look and say, you know what? 
I think I need to do this for the betterment of my team. And look, we could be panicking and we could sit here at the end of the season and he's he's fine. He doesn't he doesn't get vaccinated and he doesn't get COVID again and you know it's a successful season, what have you. But the evidence is there that it is so much less of a risk to just get the jab twice and be done with it. And I just, I, I'm just like based on the NFL rules alone, not even like, yeah, right. Not even safety. I'm not even talking safety, (laughs) but just in terms of, yeah, you being able to join your team and play with your team. And that for me concerns me. And it's not a question of like, you know, whatever. I I don't believe in the vaccine or I don't want to get it or it's a hoax or whatever it is. It's none of that. It's, Jace, that's that is the main point. You're dead right. The NFL, for better or for worse, has said essentially, you guys should probably get it, or we are going to make your lives a living hell, comparatively to your teammates. And you can agree or disagree with that. It's a business. They are trying to make money. They always will. They will always go in that direction. And he's going the other way. And I. Over, over the cursed injuries with the receivers like you were talking about, Jace, uh, which is an actual concern. I worry way more about this season being derailed because of another positive COVID test. And, and worst of all, you know what will happen? Here, here's the dream scenario, by the way, or, or nightmare, if you want to have it that way. He tests positive, and he comes out and says he's fine, like he feels okay. It's not like these last two where it you know, kicked his butt from everything that he has said on his own. And then the whole Ravens fan base is split in two of, well, if he was fine, they should have let him play. Or, well, that, that's not the rules. You're not allowed to do that. And that'll just be an incredibly fun discourse for, I don't know, an entire offseason when they lose to the Titans in the playoffs again or something like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly worried. I just, I, we, we, we've danced, sorry, I know I'm ranting. We have danced around the quotes a little bit. Here's some of the things he did say on Monday after practice when he returned. Quote, I just got off the COVID list. Um, I, and when he was asked if you get the vaccine, he was had a nine minute interview, uh, post game or post practice, excuse me. Uh, he asked, he was asked three times about the vaccine. As Antonio said, he didn't really answer it any of the times he said, quote, I got to talk to my team about this and see how they feel about it. And maybe they can convince him and that will be great. Keep learning as much as I can about it. We'll go from there. Uh, and then does that mean he's thinking about getting vaccinated? We'll see. Jackson said, talking to the doctors, we'll see. This all comes from Jameson Hensley. Uh, at the uh, at ESPN, excuse me. And then just one final one, quote, I feel it's a personal decision, except when literally an entire city and fan base is on your back right now. Quote, I'm just going to try and keep my feelings to my, my family and myself. You're a professional quarterback in the National Football League. I'm focused on getting better right now. I can't dwell on that right now, how everybody feels, just trying to get back in the right routine. That scares me. And... Um, yeah, it, it, again, it's one of those things. I think Jace nailed it at the top of his rant. We're just dueling rants right now. That, all of those quotes make me seem like he is not going to get the vaccine. And so basically, as an entire fan base for a 17-game season and God willing longer with the playoffs, we're going to go <gasps> and hold our breath and hope that he makes it through you know, healthy for the entire year. Yeah, knowing sort of like Ravens curses, like it'll either happen in the postseason or somewhere in the Browns-Steelers-Browns-Packers stretch. Uh, 100%. Right around, that, right that's where December. it's happening. That's where it's happening, right there. <laughs> well, and especially like because, like you know, from what we know about it, he, he probably is going to be fine in the immediate 
month or two, like, you know, the antibodies, what have you. But yeah, and, uh, late in the season, <laughs> I have concerns. Yeah, and I, man, the... get him a bubble, get him his own bubble, make him Bubble Boy for a get year. Get him the Kirk Cousins, uh, like plexiglass, plexiglass or whatever to walk around. Yeah, it's and even, even like the 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 personal choice, the personal decision words, like. <sighs> Everything anybody does is a personal decision. Every decision a person takes is a personal decision. But when you're in this type of environment where you're, first of all, it's like an organization of people. You're constantly surrounded by dozens of people at all times and interacting with people you don't know and interacting with the media. There's so much contact. There's so much potential for spread. It is not a personal decision. It no longer becomes a personal thing based on the impact that you can have on others and it's frustrating lamar we love you but you know we know you, we know you listen to this uh, on tuesday mornings 100 uh, on, yeah. on the way to practice so uh you know our opinion here the the three armchair quarterbacks here is to get the vaccine please get the vaccine uh guys anything else from the players the other players who have been out any concerns questions uh a positive note with with ronnie stanley returning um but any issues with these guys in terms of getting reps or, or do you want to move on from this? I'm going to I'm gonna just tee up Jace, and it's actually a positive. It's not going to be – Ronnie Stanley returning. He was activated off the pup list. He's active. He's re- Seems like that might be ready to go week one, which is great. This is all news that's pretty fresh as we're recording. Uh, but, Jace, you, you teased it before. So before we get off of training camp, I want to talk about Adafi Owe looks like a man. I mean, his, I, I have a massive head. When I was a kid, I used to have super long hair, so my size would be my size head would be an eight for a hat. It's still close to that seven and seven eighths, you know, seven three quarters, what have you. Odafe's shoulders are bigger than my head, and every picture <laughs> that they've shown him in training camp, uh, you know, again, this is the whole Hollywood Brown argument we did last year, but uh, I think you're pretty excited. I'm very excited. I'm excited for, uh, for him. You know, you you read these. Uh, your Jeff Zerebex, your Jamison Hensley. Seems like there's always a, a few plays uh, where he's he's getting after the quarterback. There it seems like he he's. I'm definitely from where I was on draft night to today. I am significantly more excited <laughs> uh, for the Oway era, as it were. I, I, I'm so excited. I I hope it uh, the physicality uh, translates into production. Obviously, that was kind of the concern with him at Penn State, but um, in terms of, yeah, as you said, Tim, in terms of size, the athleticism, I mean, he looks like he belongs on a football field, and uh, the training camp returns are encouraging, and as you said, uh, you mentioned too, just Ronnie Stanley, I was concerned, I will say, for Ronnie Stanley, because everyone just kept saying, you know, he's on track to start week one, and I was like, that's great, he hasn't practiced yet, and as we did this for week one, and then week you know, week two of training camp, I definitely got concerned on the Stanley front. But to see him out there today, great. So, you know, he has a month to get ready for the year, and um, that's really encouraging. I, I, you know, they need him. They need Ronnie Stanley to have a good season. Uh, I think a lot of us just kind of took for granted he would be there for week one, but definitely as as the weeks ticked by and he hadn't been cleared or hadn't stepped foot on the practice field yet, I'll admit I got a little concerned. Uh, Real quickly, just on an OA, I just want to finish, before we finish this off, because I know I got a ton of other stuff to talk about, but Sarah Ellison, who used to work for the Ravens, still kind of reports on them, tweets about them and stuff on Twitter. Uh, A good follow. She goes, she tweeted, quote, it's hard not to get excited about a Dafe Owe when you read notes like this. And then per Jeff Zerebeck, because we all just take our information from Jeff, <laughs> quote, 
Owe easily beat Tyree Phillips to sack Lamar Jackson. The offense obviously didn't want it to happen again, so later in practice, Owe was triple teamed. <laughs> they triple teamed a rookie. I know it's just camp. I know. I know. But when a guy looks like that and he's getting after the quarterback like that, I mean, him and Justin Houston, 20 sacks each. Let's, let's have a day. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm excited, Tim. Ah, oh, man. I... This is so funny because the three of us have kind of reversed, uh, like, yin-yang theories on Owe, where you guys are seemingly much more optimistic about him than I am. Uh, I just, I envision the triple teaming thing being, like, he went into Jackson, like, a little too hard, so they didn't want him to, like, potentially (laughs) bump Jackson at all, so they triple teamed him. But, yeah, I I I can't wait to see him. Hope hope for 20 sacks from, from Owe as well. Um, All right, let's move on from this now because we have some NFL news to talk about as well. But first, we have a random Raven to go over. I'm up this week, so I'm going to hit you guys with uh, my random Raven clues. And it's a a random one, I will say this. Uh, This player played for the Ravens for three seasons, from 2008 to 2010. He started 30 games, playing in 36. He had 99 tackles one interception in the regular season. And in the wild card game versus the Miami Dolphins in 2008, he got one of the four interceptions thrown by Chad Pennington, legend, in the 27-9 to win by the Ravens. He was drafted in the first round out of Nebraska to the formerly known as Oakland Raiders. He played there for three seasons before being traded to the Ravens during the 2000... This can't be right. During the 2000, I have 2009 NFL draft. Maybe the 2008 NFL draft. Anyway, he was traded to the Ravens during the draft before those three seasons, obviously, that he played for them. And he wore the number 31 for the Ravens. Okay. Yep, there it is. Nice. It's always the number. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm circling the drain, circling the drain, circling the drain. And then as soon as the number comes up, I'm like, oh, that's the guy. And plus, Tim, back you know, back in our day, back in the olden times, uh, the number used to be able to tell you what position they played, uh, so that helps a lot of times too, but that won't be a thing anymore. I know I'm getting so old when I am so passionate about this old man yells at cloud thing, but it is going to be – like, I, there is nothing – this is going to sound incredibly depressing, and it's definitely a joke. I don't really have anything to look forward to in life at the moment except NFL football, and I'm just – I'm ecstatic, and I can't wait to have it on my television. I just moved into a new place. I have already set up the two-TV system for Sundays. We're going to have Red Zone on one. We're going to have Ravens on the other. It's going to be a time. But it's going to drive me crazy for at least a full season, for at least a full 17-week season, and I'm going to make at least one comment about Patrick Queen's number six every single time I watch the Ravens play this year. Um, and, and yeah, and now you're just pointing out, even worse, it's going to make random Ravens so hard, you know, 20 years down the road when we're still doing this podcast for 45 people. Uh, yeah, Tim, you can take numbers this year. I'm going to take the 17th game uh, for the whole season that I'll be complaining <laughs> You can have with. that. Chase, you, yeah. you can take whatever you fill in somewhere in the middle there with something that you want to talk about. Yeah, but... uh, probably just be like Tom Brady still being good. But... <laughs> 
right. despite being an actual old man. But... <laughs> that, that is the random raven. We'll go over those clues again at the end of the episode. Jace, Tim, Tim seems to be on it. Do you have a, do you have a name I in mind? Or are you going to need to hear him again? I think I have an inkling. It's between him and another guy who I'm not certain ever actually played for the Ravens. But, um, yeah, I think I, I think I have a name. All right, in the NFL... First two things that I'd like to go over are a couple of contract extensions. Uh, one of which is definitely going to impact the Ravens, and the second of which might impact the Ravens at some point a few years down the line. But let's start with the big one. It's Josh Allen, six-year extension, $258 million. Guys, Josh Allen, he's good, and he's gotten better and better every year. That's a big deal. That's a lot of money. How much is Lamar gonna get? Uh, looking looking at that for from Allen, uh, it's gonna be right around there. It's gotta be close because you know, lest we forget, Lamar Jackson has won the MVP. Josh Allen, the MVP runner up. So um, uh, Lamar, um, I guess they have the same number of playoff wins. Basically, or, uh, yeah, eh, Allen might have one more, but. Uh, he had a great season, no doubt about it. Set Bill's records in basically every category this past season and has dramatically improved. I will say bad for the Ravens is I feel like Jackson's been a more consistent player throughout his (laughs) NFL career and thus will probably justify getting uh, higher money. I mean, I guess the the thing that's going to be interesting, I think, with Lamar is the term the Ravens want to go on the deal the bills go with the six year because they still have two years left on his rookie deal so and i assume they were drafted the same year i assume this is the same with uh josh allen um so the ravens have said they said it a bunch today in between questions about COVID 19 there was also questions about his contract and they pretty much uh downplayed all that once again too um so they're not in a huge rush but i will say you know, at this point, with the Bills, I I wonder if it was the Bills wanting to get their contract done because they didn't want to pay more than whatever Jackson's contract is going to be. Because now, I feel like they're going to be in the same, but these, these contracts for rookie QBs never go, or, like, contract extensions never go down, right? Like, not everyone's getting the 10-year Patrick Mahomes extension, but... Uh, for what 500 million or whatever that was but you know i think i think lamar is going to land in that vicinity and i you know if baker mayfield gets 200 million which i think he might based on (laughs) recent events um uh yeah i think lamar's they're looking probably at roughly 250 million probably and who knows perhaps uh you know, we mentioned Lamar getting the vaccine. Perhaps the Ravens are strongly encouraging him to do that before they extend a contract offer. We don't know the behind-the-scenes details of stuff like that. But, um, yeah, uh, you said it's going to impact him. And, yeah, this this sets the market for Lamar. He knows the, uh, the range he's negotiating in because Josh Allen's roughly, you know, same age, same kind of level of, I think, talent, talented young QB, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of money. Yeah, it is a bit annoying that this deal got done, and then you're like, oh crap. I remember, <laughs> I remember. So I was on vacation last week, and I, I, I tried to disconnect as much as possible. Um, albeit I'm, you know, hopelessly addicted to Twitter, but I remember a 
friend of mine was like, that's a lot of money for Alan. Did you see that deal? And I was like, yeah, but I don't I, – like, I, it's, it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I just I didn't have the scope of what it was in my head. So let me just comparatively to some other deals here. This is uh, uh, average annual value. We'll just go up from five. Number five, Russell Wilson, $35 million. Number four, Deshaun Watson, not for long, $39 million. Number three, Dak Prescott, $40 million. Number two, Josh Allen, $43 million. And number one, Patrick Mahomes, 45 Here's where it gets good. Total guaranteed money for quarterbacks in the National Football League. Number five, Jared Goff at $110 million. <laughs> That's, I mean, just... Jace's laugh says it all. Some brilliant brilliant work by his agent Mm -hmm. uh, after that Super Bowl run to cash in on that. (laughs) Number four, Deshaun Watson, uh, $111 million. Number three, Dak Prescott, $126 million. And here's where it flips. Number two, Patrick Mahomes at $141 million, making Josh Allen's $150 million guaranteed the most amount of money in the National Football League for a quarterback. What scares me is, and I, I, I would be curious to know what Bills fans are feeling about the deal. I'm sure they're ecstatic because like they're good again and they have a good quarterback. But he is a guy, Jace, that you said was, as most QB guru type guys say, just got accurate out of nowhere. And that, that's one of the things <laughs> that you just can't teach is accuracy. And all of a sudden he found it and now they're paying him after one great season. All that being said, I think he deserves it. And you're spot on where these these contracts aren't going to go down anymore. I almost wonder now if the Ravens see this. If they were thinking of getting the deal done this offseason, maybe they wait. You know, the COVID stuff. And then maybe they wait and say, you know, obviously you, you kind of do the Joe Flacco. You want Lamar to have a great year. You want to win the Super Bowl, clearly. And then you kind of take that risk. And if he does do that... You're going to pay him more than Josh Allen. Yeah, significantly more than Josh Allen. And, you know, maybe it makes your franchise mediocre and stops diehard fans like me from paying attention for three years when they get out of college, when they go eight and eight constantly. That could happen. But at the same time, maybe it's the same thing where it's another divisional round and there's inconsistencies and maybe he does miss some games because of injury or, or COVID or whatever it is. And you're able to go back to the table and say, Lamar, who doesn't have an agent, by the way, Let's negotiate this just a little bit. Um, two more points on this. One, Harbaugh spoke on Monday as well, say nothing's changed in the sense that it will happen when it's going to happen, when it's best for both sides to happen, and both sides want it to happen. There's no, really, there's no hurry. Lamar's going to be our quarterback for many years to come. We want him. He wants us. Lamar has said the same things over and over and over again. He wants to stay in Baltimore, so I have no doubt about it getting done. And, you know, from a cynical negotiating tactic, and I, I was never one for business school, but I feel like you hear this all the time. If, if, they, if you know they want to stay, that's leverage for you, and maybe that can help a little bit as well. NFL's a little different. The quarterback market is a little different. Final point, yeah, please pay Baker Mayfield whatever he wants and then just doom your <laughs> franchise for the rest of time because um, you, you deserve nothing good, and paying Baker Mayfield that much money is going to doom you to mediocrity for the next decade, and I, my friends, welcome it. Yeah, they won't be able to pay all that widespread talent on that roster if they're also giving Baker Mayfield $220-250 million. Sign me up. <laughs> Tim, I I kind of am intrigued by your they should wait point 
at, at this stage. It worked uh, for Joe Flacco. We won a Super Bowl. Like, and I don't know. And from the our from our perspective, from the sort of the front office perspective, like a worst case scenario with a Super Bowl is not you know obviously not a worst case scenario. Like that's fine. And this quarterback is not in the same sort of place that Flacco was career wise. Like at his eight, I think Flacco was twenty eight when he signed that deal, where you'd be getting. Um, Lamar at I think he'll be 25, 25. at some point during yep. the season so like you have sort of a the window is there it's sort of more intriguing and you obviously there's more revenue for your team if you go to the Super Bowl so like some of that <laughs> has to sort of balance out and if he misses games or doesn't go to the Pro Bowl or I mean this it's it, it is cynical but there's a situation where he has a mediocre year and the team sort of falters and doesn't meet expectations and you're sort of getting a bar, you know, quote unquote, a bargain on a guy that you assume uh, will bounce back the following season. So it is interesting. I'm not sure. Do you guys know if they've sort of done the whole once the season starts, we're not talking about it? Has that been a thing that they've said? I know other teams and players I haven't have seen, said that. I haven't seen them outright say that to this point. Um yeah, it could be, you know, if Lamar, you know, has like 22 touchdowns and two picks by like week eight, they're like, we got to get something done because this is not going down in price from the Ravens side of things. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind the waiting either. Like, you know, there's nothing forcing you to make a deal. So, you know, use the cards at your disposal, maybe play out this season. But it is clear, I think, from Alan's contract, Lamar, one way or the other, Lamar is getting big money on this deal whether it's a maybe a shorter term extension it's still going to be a very high uh average like annual value i mean it's the other thing too just real quickly it's it's what makes this window so important and we've talked about it a number of times and you know i I make the jokes about cleveland although i'm pretty much serious about everything i say about cleveland on this show (laughs) they need to like the super it's not impossible right but the soup, winning the Super Bowl is going to get a whole hell of a lot harder once he's once he's being paid because you got to be way better at drafting. You can't miss when drafting, and they've done pretty well so far. Um, and you're not able to always bring in like you're able to get these Justin Houston's who are great. Don't get me wrong, but you're not able to make the big splash on you know I, I can't even think of a guy like a like a Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters, right? Great second corner. Probably a first corner for a lot of teams. I think he's in a perfect spot next to an all-pro, and then he can kind of take risks, be that second guy. He's not always playing against your top wide receiver, your Jarvis Landry's, not your OBJs because he's not a number one wide receiver. I just I can't stop with the Cleveland hate. I just can't do it. Um, but that's a guy that you're not going to be able to keep once Lamar's paid like because he, he's going to make money somewhere, and good for him. And maybe it's a situation he wants to stay in Baltimore. Clearly the Ravens fans love him. Um, even though he is a little bit inconsistent sometimes. And I, I love Marcus Peters to death. He's just got that swagger that you love in a Ravens player. But it's that type of player who will get like a mid-level exception contract, to use NBA terms, that they might not be able to afford anymore when Lamar's paid. So now is the time. And, and you know, it, we're, it's the same thing we say all the time. So I'm just reiterating the same point. But now is the time to really strike if you're going to do it. And that's another benefit of waiting, too. If you can kind of wait and... Both sides are confident that, hey, we're going to get this deal done, but we're going to keep you here, and if you're willing to do that to help us build a better team, and seems like Lamar is, I think it's, it's, it's a win for all sides. Yeah, I, I love it. And the other team, I was just thinking, other teams 
Like, could the Ravens lose Lamar Jackson? Other teams are not currently designed for his skill set. A team that tries to lure him away or steal him away or sort of talk into his ear will have to redo their entire roster to to make that work and to make him play his best. So it just seems like uh, Baltimore's the place for you, Lamar. Another contract extension, Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Colts with a five-year, $98.5 million deal. Guys, we can talk about this one you know, briefly c- compared to the Josh Allen deal, but uh, impact on, on Ravens linebackers such as Patrick Queen uh, if he, of course, reaches that level in the next uh, two to three years. Yeah, I'll just go simply here, Jace. I love Darius Leonard. He's an all-do-it-everything linebacker. He was an incredible pick by the Colts and Chris Ballard, um, and, and Chris Ballard has been sensational when it comes to drafting recently. Uh, and, yeah... Patrick Queen is nowhere near Darius Leonard. And if he gets there, fine, but I'm not sweating that one at the moment. Yeah, Darius Leonard is, I mean, you know, he's been in the league three years and he's a two-time All-Pro. Uh, Second-round pick out of South Carolina State. Small school guy. Uh, always like, you know, see the small school guys get paid, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's awesome. I think, you know, I think... that. You kind of look, I feel like, at the C.J. Mosley situation, and it makes me wonder if the days of the Ravens paying any significant money for the linebackers is over. Fred Warner also recently got a big deal, so it seems like linebacker pay on the whole is kind of on the up after it had kind of plateaued there for a while. Um, Elite linebacker play. Elite linebacker play. Let's put it that way. And I think that's what's been so weird with just the evolution of football, too, is, you know, linebacker... Like Tim said, to be an elite linebacker, you got to be great in coverage these days on these tight ends, basically. Uh, and it was like a level of thing, even in Ray Lewis's heyday, you know, he didn't have to necessarily be the greatest cover man in the history of the world uh, to have his brilliant career. So uh, football keeps changing, and obviously I think we've, we've seen that reflected in who gets paid and how much money they get paid, and I think Leonard's a... You know, perfect example of that. The the literally do everything linebacker who can play every single down in all situations and can cover guys and uh, yeah, they'll get paid. I hope Patrick Queen gets there. Uh, I like Patrick Queen, but uh, certainly wasn't quite uh, Darius Leonard's rookie year at least uh, when he he actually won uh, defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> we'll see uh, how that number change helps uh, helps Queen <laughs> this year. But uh, in the NFC, I don't know if you guys have heard, but. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has come back to Green Bay. He he is the starting quarterback for the Packers uh, after a very weird story came out about the concessions the Packers had made, but they didn't make concessions, but they need to respect him, but they also need to give him a chance to go elsewhere. And then really the thing that I just saw was seemingly his like third day of practice was him floating a ball 60 yards downfield into a net that was like a foot uh, in diameter. Yeah, uh, so he's back. He's fine, and they're going to be good. Yeah, the, the, I mean, we've talked about this. I feel like at length this off season, but the whole the whole thing was always strange because it was like the Packers seemed pretty adamant they weren't going to trade him <laughs> just for the cap ramifications involved, and they were fine if he sat out. I think because they actually, you know. Probably the whole reason he's mad is they literally did draft a quarterback in the first round two years ago. So you presumably think that guy's good enough to like play football for you. So Rodgers wasn't in a, a uh, was in a kind of a no win situation, and you kind of laid it out, Antonio. We're kind of 
sort of back where we started. He doesn't seem happy with the franchise, um, but no one got fired. Nothing's changed in any fundamental way. Um, uh, and it seems like we're just going to kind of redo this all next offseason, the way they kind of restructured the deal. I imagine they might actually trade him next year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think this... For as angry as Rodgers pretended, I guess, to be this offseason, he still showed up to work when he had to. And uh, I think the Packers are going to be great. They're one of the best teams in the NFC. So, I mean, if his whole goal was to win, I still think playing for the Packers, it's going to be like them and the Bucks, and, I don't know, maybe the Cowboys. There's not that many great teams in the NFC. Uh, the NFC West teams are good. But, uh, yeah, like, the Packers should win the North easily. They should have home playoff games at Lambeau Field in January. And, uh... Yeah, and then we'll just go back and do this all again next year, it seems like. And then losing the NFC Championship game again. Um, yes. Yeah, I I think, I mean, you laid it out, Jace. We don't have to go over it too much because it is a bit of an older story. And one of the even older aspects of said story that I thought was just interesting as a a guy who works in sports media and a guy who listens to athletes' press conferences and wants to jump off a bridge, that <laughs> press conference that he had that was – pretty damning of the Packers organization I thought was <laughs> great I, I loved how candid he was you can call him a prima donna you can call him like oh you shouldn't be calling people out like that whatever whatever would have you the whole Devonte Adams who is just like ride or die with Aaron Rodgers no matter what and he clearly <laughs> isn't coming back if Rodgers leaves I think is an interesting aspect of it and it shows the power and weight that he carries in that locker room as he should and I just we're not going to go over the quotes and everything now. You've seen them by now if, if you're a football fan listening to this podcast. But I thought it was – I like my athletes speaking out like that. And I like my athletes saying something when something needs to be said. Um, or really – or not even needs to be said, but they're sharing their opinions and what they really think. And I thought that was – you know, Rogers is a very measured, insightful guy. He's a smart guy, clearly. Um, and I, I just – I really enjoyed listening to that and just kind of was like a – Damn, man, like really going after him. And I, I thought it was refreshing. Elsewhere in the NFL, a couple of news news and notes type stuff that I found entertaining. Uh, you guys can comment on these as you choose. You can ignore them and we can move on. But uh, for the listener, in case you've forgotten, RG3, no longer the backup quarterback on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's technically a free agent, not retired, but will be joining ESPN uh, as an analyst for certainly just some cheesy one-liners uh, during football games. I'm excited to, to see what he can do there. And then another story that I just found just entertaining as hell while also being frustrated, frustrating is uh, fired head coach. This is how I wrote it in my notes. Uh, fired head coach and now assistant coach, Coach Garrett, insists we call him coach uh, as a title uh, what do you think about this, Manager Tim and Producer Jace? Uh, is it normal to call individuals by titles that don't really exist outside of a locker room? Wait, if Jace Producer is, Tim... If Jace is... No, pro- I, just sw- I switched you guys. Yeah, I know. Who, whoever you... Whatever you title you want to have. Like, you want to just be that title and then go with it? I was going to say, if Jace is producing, I'll send him the file after this and I'll be... Done. And then I'll be fine with me. I don't have to spend no, the I used, time I used your, the your big boy. I used your big boy job uh, titles. <laughs> I, I looked them up to make sure I didn't offend you guys by using the wrong titles instead of just calling you by name. So uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I think my thoughts have been made clear about that whole thing. But it's, just it's just football. It's just football guy stuff. It's just football guy stuff. I mean, come on. Like, it, coach is going to be coach very... till he dies. He's going to be coach until he dies, even when he's not coaching. Well, That's just how but goes. he's not even the coach. That's the funniest part. <laughs> he's the assistant. He's not the coordinator. Coach. Yeah, he's just a guy who works under coach. <laughs> yeah, but you're, aren't you? Okay, all right, here's a debate. Well, here's a debate. When you, call, if you're, when you say coach, you're talking about Joe Judge if you're on the Giants, but what? No, but yeah, but but he's still a coach. He's not the he head coach, coach, but he's a. But coach. to Antonio's point, they, they, no one calls me digital producer Jace or whatever. Come on, <laughs> guys, this is different. And, and look, I'm not here to defend the clapper. I don't. I don't know. What did you see the thing? I think Kevin Clark tweeted it out from the Ringer, but it was a, uh, it was a funny story from Mike Tomlin, uh, and it was some guy. I guess there was another Steelers like assistant named Mike, and some Steelers player yelled Mike to like get the guy's attention, and Tomlin turned around. And he was like, oh, not you, coach. I'd never call you Mike. And apparently Tomlin was like, uh, you can call me Mike because we're grown adults who work together. <laughs> Which I found very refreshing. That's how you keep a locker room, in my opinion, Jace. That's how you uh, just respect and, and get respect. Ah, just a little thing, but like, I was like minorly annoyed with it when the Coach Saban stuff came up. Uh, but at least that guy's like the greatest of all time in his particular yeah, best, role and is actually the head it. coach of the team. Not Jason Garrett. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. Anything else, guys, on the NFL before we uh, spend a few minutes, and just a few because it's the preseason, but a few minutes going over Ravens Saints? Nothing at all. Beautiful. All right. Football is happening. Pads are being put on. Referees are going to be there. I, I assume Jerry Sandusky is going to be doing the call for, for the Ravens radio, which is a very familiar voice. Or TV? Well, he'll do, he'll do the TV broadcast for that. So that's a very familiar voice for for you Baltimore uh, listeners. So it's back. Football is back. Ravens games are back. And it will be Saints at the bank this Saturday at 7 p.m. I mean, we're not going to go over, like, real X's and O's here. X is players don't get hurt. Uh, Y is young guys, fringe guys, show us something. So I ask you guys instead, what player are you most interested in seeing on television, in pads, trying somewhat hard we mentioned him earlier i gotta see what oa does against other nfl level competition and i know it's a cop out i think i used the same answer about patrick queen last year but i know it's a cop out to say i'm interested to see what the first round pick does but these guys you know are the guys that kind of kind of make or break you know your team in many ways like if you don't hit on your first like you need to find value in the lower rounds but if you don't hit on your first round picks you're in trouble. And they traded a uh, guy who's going to be starting at left tackle for one of their main rivals to get this guy effectively. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does against uh, real competition. You know, I don't know how much of the Saints veterans will play, but they have had a pretty good offensive line the last several years. Um, so uh, if he has any level of success, I don't know who will exactly be starting for the Saints. It's either going to, I imagine we'll see some Taysom Hill uh, <laughs> for significant stretches. If he's if he's able to wrangle Taysom Hill, that's great. And I, I'm excited to that. And similarly, you know, I hope, I don't know how much we'll see a Bateman with him coming back from this injury, but it'd be nice to see sort of him too. But yeah, always the number one guy I am definitely excited about. You just drained so much of my excitement for this game by mentioning Taysom Hill. I, I completely <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> 
And I was the quarterback battle between him and Jameis Winston. I was so ready. I like I was I had this whole story ready about, you know, and I always forget this every year, but I'm pretty sure preseason, unless it's like a nationally televised game, isn't available when it's not local. And so live Yeah, I'm not sure I can watch this game. Well don't say that for the listeners. You'll find the highlights. It'll be fine. He'll dig through the film. Yeah, I'll watch. We will recap it in deep next time. Don't worry, loyal listeners. But I, I know I can watch it live because I have moved into the relative Baltimore area and get channels like WBAL now. So hopefully I'll be able to watch that. And I am, I'm incredibly excited. In terms of players, uh, I'll give you two. Um, the, the receivers you mentioned, a guy like Tylen Wallace, I'm excited to see, although you haven't heard a ton about him in camp, but uh, a guy you have heard a lot about, a guy who, at the start of camp, everybody said he might be on the outs because of the loaded, quote-unquote, loaded wide receiver room now, uh, but who has turned heads is James Prochet, the second-year man out of SMU, apparently, is just tearing it up in training camp, take that for what you will, but he every day he impresses, and he's going against the top corners, and he's making plays. And then, I mean, for me... I feel like, um, you know, what are we, over an hour into this podcast and we haven't mentioned Ben Cleveland yet? Uh, we get to see Ben Cleveland play football. We get to watch that man waddle out in a uniform, hopefully the white one, because a big offensive lineman just looks so bad in white. And hopefully declete a few guys. Get, a, get some pooling guard action with Ben Cleveland. You know I'm going to go offensive line, man. I cannot wait. To watch that guy play, and um, at, on the depth chart currently, he is not the starter at left guard. The recently released depth chart, it's Ben Powers. So we're gonna have to wait till I don't know the second drive to see him play a little bit. But it should be fun. I'm excited to watch that mountain of a man tear some people up on the offensive <laughs> line. I'll uh, I'll throw a, a slightly smaller name out here, with, not literally, figuratively, but. Uh, that's Josh Oliver. He is the tight end that the Ravens traded for. It's a conditional pick trade so if he makes the roster it ends up being a seventh round pick this is a guy apparently with a ton of talent and just couldn't not get hurt in his few seasons with the jacksonville jaguars but has looked good uh in training camp he's 6'5 250 uh and and can move a, a little bit as as a receiving tight end and there's a hole there uh for that number three tight end spot so well and nick boyle's still hurt so might be a hole for number two as well. <laughs> and it's an opportunity for, for Oliver if he can basically stay healthy to this point. But I'm curious to see him uh, on the field running routes, catching passes, and then see if he makes it through the game. And then you move <laughs> on from there. And, and the journey for him continues to for another week trying to make this, trying to make this team. But um, could be an interesting little small pickup for the Ravens at a, at a position they obviously use. Uh, a lot of and multiple tight ends at once so if he can make this team it'd be great to sort of see a reclamation uh, project succeed so josh oliver let's see how many snaps how many reps he gets in, in this first game anything else guys about the saints game i mean the i forgot you i agree i forgot all about that quarterback battle winston's gonna do something funny if he even uh plays i am not sure how much they'll do now with this shortened three game yeah. uh preseason I haven't like been especially locked in on other teams this preseasons. I'll admit, with the Olympics going on and my day job and stuff, but yeah, the Saints. I mean, QB battle. This team that's won the or uh, the NFC South three or four straight years, and now just suddenly they don't have Drew Brees, and so you know what happens there is going to be fascinating. Because uh, I mean, the results is Jameis Winston is their starting QB again, which is great. Because when we last saw 
Jameis, he was throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions and 5,000 yards in the same season. Just doing a lot. Uh, and uh, Taysom Hill is Taysom Hill. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, and Winston now, with uh, he can see now. So <laughs> right, he can see and he has Sean Payton. So what, what, what are the numbers going to look like with those things? And if you didn't know, he's really good at running through tackling dummies. Or he's not, <laughs> if you haven't seen those viral videos. Jameis Winston is a content machine, and we need more of him and less of yes. Taysom Hill. Uh, all right, that that's gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the uh, random Raven clues one more time, and then we're gonna get on out of here. This random Raven played for the team for three seasons from 2008 to 2010. The uh, the Flacco Sans, the Sans, whatever you want to call it. He started 30 games. He played in 36. He had 99 tackles and one interception in the regular season, and in the wild card game versus the Miami Dolphins in 2008. He got one of the four interceptions thrown by Chad Pennington in the 27-9 win by the Ravens. Ed Reed, I would, like, off the top of my head, I want to say he had the other three, but I think it's just (laughs) two in that game. Uh, He was drafted in the first round out of Nebraska to the formerly Oakland Raiders. He played there for three seasons before being traded to the Ravens during, I'm going to change this to the 2008 NFL draft, and he wore number 31 Jace, if you're still working on it, we're going to go to Tim here. Uh, I'll throw a guess out if that's cool with you, Tim. Uh, my my guess is I had is is it Fabian Washington? That is, is that is word? who I had as well, Fabian Washington. It is Fabian Washington. That is correct. Okay. That is the random Raven. One of one of the great named Ravens. Fabian Washington just sort of sounds like a football player. Yeah, but mixed success. I was going to say, I would have thought he had more interceptions <laughs> for, for a guy I remember playing a bit. <laughs> the uh, the high tackles number and the low turnover numbers for a corner is never sort of great Not to see. But yeah, Fabian uh, Washington, three years with Oakland, other, three years with the Ravens. The guy I immediately thought of was um, Philip Buchanan, but I believe he went to Miami. And I don't know if he ever actually played for the Ravens, but he wore 31 for someone. So you got you got so. confused because Buchanan had 31 for the Raiders as well. Oh, okay. Washington was 27 for the Raiders. And a quick Google search: Oakland, Houston, Tampa, Detroit, and the now Washington football team for Philip Buchanan. So no okay. surprise. Honestly, surprise. Fabian Washington only lasted six years in the league. Again, maybe I just have a better memory of him. And here's a little spoiler alert for you for next week because I did think it was me this week, so I already prepared mine. Another guy who I thought was way better for the Ravens, and I have some sort of like, (laughs) yeah, this guy contributed, and he didn't do squat. So look forward to that random Raven for next week. I'm just like, that instinctively makes me just run through Ravens wide receivers. But we're going to save that. We're going to save it for next week. Uh if you guys have, uh, if you don't have anything else, we're going to wrap wrap this up here. We are beyond excited to be back to weekly episodes, to be back to Ravens football. We'll be talking all about the preseason, all about the player cuts, any additions, any signings. Uh, as we get closer and closer to week one, uh, September 13th, Monday night for the Ravens uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but plenty of football to talk about before then. For Jay Evans and Tim Horsey, I am Antonio Barbera. Thanks you so much, as always, for listening to Pod Like a Raven. We will see you next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.